and we are live. Let's hit the drop here. And I have my little Coming to partner. you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. And we are live. It is Tuesday, and I have my little buddy here, Matthew. Matthew is usually not in the studio with me, but uh, his mom had some stuff to get done, and I had to do a show, so I brought him to the studio with me. Say hi, Matthew. Hi. Here's my Nintendo Switch. That's his Nintendo Switch. It used to be mine, but now it's his. And I got a lot of Mario games. I got Mario Yeah, I always buy him a lot of Mario games. Luigi's Haunted Mansion. All right, I got to do my show, man. All right, so you're going to go back over there. I uh, just want to throw out my plugs, and we'll get out to everyone. Hey, Chastity, what you, what are you up to? It looks like the chats are working a little bit. Um, Patreon.com slash John Crump. The Voodoo account isn't working, though. That's where you can donate to me monthly. All proceeds go to my niece, Bella, who has DIPG, which is a aggressive form of childhood brain cancer. We also have Super Chats. You can do a one-time donation like a Super Chat at paypal.me forward slash johncc. We do have Super Chats and for 20... I don't know where to look at it. I got a book I wrote and you can get a signed copy for $25 or you can get a patch for $5 Super Chat. Also $20 on the Patreon. And you can also buy my book at crumpy.com slash giants. And there's a GoFundMe at crumpy.com, GFM. That will redirect to the GoFundMe. Today, I want to bring up, bring on a new partner that's going to be working with us closely at Black Swan Media and Fireside Chats and myself. And I have a lot of questions because I've been seeing these black Rambo rifles around, and I'm going to kind of ask him about that. He is known as Debbie Boy Bones, and he runs a company called down the barrel how are you doing i'm blessed man always blessed how are you doing good good okay i'm gonna jump into something really quick i've been looking at some of these black rambo rifles if you don't know who black rambo is black rambo i guess you would say is, is an influencer yeah, yeah, he's like one of the, to me, he's one of the top influencers in the gun industry, hands down. Um, huge, huge guy, great guy, great guy to talk to, and an awesome friend, man, like a brother to me. He's he's a really good dude, yeah. Yeah, and Black Rambo and you uh, worked on some rifles together. Yeah, actually, uh, my company, Down the Barrel, we're doing his uh, rifle line, so We'll be introducing newer rifles here in the coming months. Uh, we're going to work our way all the way up from right now. We're doing the pistols. We'll go to the AR-15, 16-inch rifles, and then we'll go all the way up to the 308s. So we're trying to stair-step it and introduce it in slowly uh, to the public. Now, whose idea was that? Was that your idea or his? That was my idea. Okay, so what happened was, um, honestly, uh, I... I said a prayer and I was like, you know, I need Lord, I need doors open for me. And the next day I called a, a lot of people. I, I called a lot of people. I messaged a lot of people on Instagram. Um, and Black Rambo was the first one that got back with me. And he was the one that said, I, and, 
at first he thought I was building him a rifle. And I told him, I said, no, I want to do a line, a whole line with you. And he was like, man, let's do it. And he's, I, I got in contact with him and we started talking on the phone and we started discussing how the rifles are going to be when they come out and things of that nature. And uh, one thing led to another and I sent him his first rifle and he or his first pistol and he just was ecstatic about it. And he's like, man, when are we going to take these out? And he's like, this is unbelievable, this pistol that you sent me. And I was just it, it just it made my whole life that he was just excited with it. So that, that was pretty much the start of uh, the uh, brotherhood that, that I'll have forever. Yeah, it looks like not all the comments are coming through. There's some questions um, on Facebook as well from like Dana. She wants to ask you, um, how much input have, did, did he have into the actual design? Because they were looking at your rifles on your website and it looks like uh they were all custom seracoded yeah okay so he had pretty much uh 100 influence on the rifle um the custom seracote i gave him all the seracote colors that he wanted to choose and he pretty much says hey man you you pick out the colors that suit what you believe it'll be and we kind of work together a 50 50 but uh, the whole lineup of the rifle with the pressure and the triggers and things like that there, he pretty much wanted everything that was, that's on the pistol. Now, um, I, I got in contact with the, uh, the Elfman triggers to do the triggers. And I got in contact with, you know, everyone as far as doing the hand guards and things of that nature. And he gave me the ideas and we used our connections together to build this pistol. So that's pretty much how it all fell off. Yeah, it looks like it's pretty high quality uh, stuff that you use there. Yeah, or, it's uh, it's equivalent to somewhere around a twenty eight to twenty nine hundred dollar pistol. If you if you broke it down piece by piece and tried to build it yourself, you'd be around twenty nine hundred dollars for it. Yeah. How did you get into AR building? And um, I was honestly, I was, I was in the military and I, I, you know, you'd be around a lot of guns and things of that nature. And I just loved it. Born in the South, raised in the South, raised around firearms. And one day I was just like, you know, cause I'm an entrepreneur. So I tried a lot of different things to try to, um, you know, build a business. And one day I just Googled it. Honestly, I just Googled it. And I was like, what are the highest, you know, paying businesses that you can get into and like the first one was like pharmaceuticals and i was like well that's not gonna happen and then it was you know the next one was you know, other, other little yeah it was other little things and i was like and then you know third or fourth on the list was firearms so i really started digging into deep into the firearms and and studying on the firearms and i found out that americans american civilians own 52 percent of all the firearms in the world so I was like, this is the market I want to be in. And it, it kind of flew. And I just went to the top with it. I guess. Well, not quite at the top yet, but I'm go I'm getting there. We'll get there. You you are definitely working out your way. Um, I became uh, familiar with a lot of your designs um, in, in the past. And they, they look they, they look incredible. Um, Thank you. Um, they they really look incredible so you started your business um how long ago was that 
actually it was 2017. I started about yeah 2017 i started in uh i officially started in march of 2017 and i started as a retail company and i i retail is is okay if you're huge and yeah. and in 2018 you start seeing other companies especially online companies that are you know they're honestly they're selling the product for for less than you know what you can buy it for and and it was it was getting really hard so i just started manufacturing my own rifles and i figured i'd put quality products together and have quality rifles and sell them at a reasonable price that people can afford that's one of the reasons why i got out of it i used to own a couple gun shops and the profits weren't there you're getting undercut by everywhere online and like you said for example like glocks um the you, you would make like twenty, thirty dollars on a Glock, and it if just, that, if that, because you have to sell Glocks at a certain price, but you don't have to, but you're gonna get undercut, <laughs> and people get right above. When you get bigger companies with them that, like when you purchase them, you have to sell them at the price, but the bigger companies, they buy them in such a bulk that they can sell them at five percent below that. And so you're undercut no matter how you do it. So the smaller businesses are seeing the strain from it. Big business, even in guns. Yeah. And especially with like companies like Glock, where you have to stock Glocks. If you own a gun company, you you have no choice. You have to sell Glocks. Everyone's yeah. going to come in running Glocks. Um, and if you don't have Glocks, they're going to go somewhere else. And they're not going to come back when they need something else. So, uh, I found that most of the money I used to make was actually from accessories. Because not so still- much for me. For me, it's more of customizing. Yeah. Uh, a person buys a Glock or they buy a rifle and they want it customized. Now, then this, the accessories are where most companies make their money. And but the thing is, you have to buy in such a bulk that you know smaller businesses really can't afford to buy in such massive bulk to make you know, even make ends meet. So um, for me, it's more of the, uh, I make the the money that I make actually on customizing because then I'm getting paid for my time that I'm doing the customizing more so less than doing actual customized work. So my time is what pays me. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I, 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 think it's obvious to people that you are a minority and you one of the things you wanted to talk to you about is being a minority in the firearms business and uh, I want to talk about that as well Um, being a minority in the firearms business uh, is unusual it's not I mean there's nothing wrong with it or anything like that but it's it's just not the common stereotype I should say not saying it's un- not. It's not unusual, but it's not. It's it's. I get not what you're saying. It's, not, it's not what you expect is what it is. It's not what you expect. Right. You expect because uh, I'm in an industry that's uh, predominantly ran by you know the Middle I guess age. the white culture or whatever you want to call it. So it's predominantly ran by that. Um, it's not what you would expect to see a because you have minority owned gun salesmen and firearms dealers but you really don't have any minority owned manufacturers yeah yeah and 
yeah i understand exactly what you're saying and yeah it does make it it makes it's there's a there's a balance there where it makes it hard in certain situations and easy in certain situations not easy but less difficult in certain situations well, because that's what i want to talk about that balance and like well, where advantages and disadvantages the, the the disadvantages i'll say those first are a lot of people don't take you seriously because yeah. you're not you're not a big brand, you know, such as, you know, Glock or whoever, you're not known, but you have to understand that these brands have been around for hundreds of years, some of them 50 years, some of them whatever, but, you know, they've been around for a long time. And, and, and up until this point, you know, recent years, I'd say you haven't really, they might've been minorities in the business, but you haven't really heard of them in the business because they don't have, they're not being able to be branched out and and sponsored and people talking about it like they do a glock or uh smith and wesson or you know big names you know so um it made it difficult because people don't take you um when they hear you and they say okay so it's down the barrel it's it's a cool name and then they they might see you and say okay you own down the barrel and it's like yeah i own down the barrel so you make these rifles yeah i make these rifles you know it's it's kind of like that it's it's, they question you uh, like if your product isn't up to par or something i, I don't know how to, other than that yeah I mean, that that's weird i just i just don't get that whole line of thinking but it's but on the, on the on the on the bright side is that you're supported by everybody like you know yeah. the you know cuz you got your haters and you got people that question you and you got people that do things of that nature but the, the that is like the 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 two and three percent and four percent that's over here that really don't matter. The other ninety seven percent are supportive of you, and and especially when you get into the minority culture and you also into the non minority culture because I've been supported by the whites, the, the by white people, black people, by by Hispanic people, you know, Latin. Everybody supports me as far as. Um, you know building my rifle line and building this rifle line and and being associated with black rambo and different ones so it's it, it's more of a positive than it is a negative you know but people tend to see the negative only yeah i think a lot of it has to do with um we as a gun culture we need to bring in we can't just rely on the middle-aged white guy we need to bring in women, people of color, everyone into the two A community. We have to be a big tent. If not, we're not yeah. going to survive. And, well, and it's not for just people like me. The Second Amendment is for everyone. And if you notice, it is starting to get to where, like I said, there's a, been a lot of minorities and a lot of women have been in firearms. It's just that we don't see it because it's not projected out to the masses. We just don't see it. There, there's there's huge um, um, minority people and women in firearms that that are just now being seen, and 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 that and it and and it looks like that 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 is just going up. It looks like it's going up, but truthfully, it's been there. It's been up. It looks like that. Oh, we're getting you know twenty percent more people, women every month. Or no, they've been in the firearms. You just now seen them. Just now yeah. noticing. And what a lot of people don't realize is to the most influential cases in Second Amendment law is McDonald versus the city of Chicago 
in Excel, in Excel versus the city of Chicago. That along with Heller are probably the three biggest decisions in Second Amendment history. And uh, McDonald and uh, Rhonda Ezell, who's actually a friend of the show, who comes on a lot, uh, are both people of color. So uh, when so people of color have been here fighting the Second Amendment battle, fighting for gun rights, and also in the in the gun community for a long time. It's just I think that there's a there's been this stereotype that's been really hard to overcome because that's the stereotype that some anti-gun people want to push. And I think we're finally breaking through and showing that, no, uh, we're a big tent. We have people of every race, walk, creed. Uh, Chris Chang, who comes on the show a lot, he is a gay Asian guy from San Francisco who's into guns. And, and I think the narrative's being broken and... <laughs> People in the anti-gun side are trying to push back. Uh, for example, uh, do you know who the uh, the head of uh, Moms Demand Action is? Uh, no. Well, Shannon Watts. Uh, the two A rally last year, last uh, November, uh, she tweeted out the the two A rally in D.C. looks like a white supremacist rally. The funny thing about that was that um, 60% of the people that spoke were people of color. So she yeah, didn't actually watch the narrative. So uh, my question to you is how do we break the narrative? Because you're going to have people pushing back trying to say, is it just going out there and putting your face out there? Is it what, what can, what can we do to break that narrative that, the anti-gun people. Um, it's a tough like question. Said, I'm not sure. My thing is just is just letting yourself be known, presenting yourself in a positive way. Uh, people of color, people that's not of color, whatever you want to call them, humans um, or others, yeah. whatever the hell you call yourself. Yeah, um, I think, sorry <laughs> to cut you off, but I think that's one of the places where uh, in the gun community we're not really hyper-focused on that. You know, review each other as uh, gun guys. Yeah. Gun, gun people. And so it's kind of hard that people are like, well, why, why should why should we highlight people because they're people of color? Why don't we just highlight them about, you know, that they're gun guys or gun people? And it's like because we need to how break that narrative a little bit and show. Well, I think it's just that everyone that's uh, I think it's a big Second Amendment family, and yeah. everyone in the Second Amendment family, no matter what color you are, should present yourself in a positive way. Let the world see you for who you are. Let the world see that you're not a negative person, that you're not a bad person, that you're not, you know, um, going out here doing stupid things with with firearms, Chris. Truthfully, if if everyone who they say are doing the bad things with firearms were actually doing bad things with firearms, this whole world will be screwed up. Because like I said before, we own 52, 53 percent of all the firearms in the world are owned by civilians in the United States. I mean, think about that for a minute. That's a lot of guns. Um, but 
I just think you should present yourself in a positive manner and 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 show the world that uh, the negative people that are out there in the world that are trying to show this in a negative way can't win. They're not going to win. There's there's no way possible for us to allow that because the only reason that that is even here is because people are quiet. They're being silent. They're looking at their you know YouTube's and things and saying, "Man, somebody should do something about that." Well, just stand up. Just show the world, hey, I, I own a firearm and and I own it legally. You know, just stand up and show the world that you're a positive person in the firearms industry. That's all you have to do. Uh, we have a Facebook question, and the question is, um, so do you? Are you trying to say that people who are into guns but don't really talk about it should be more open about it? Be should more. Be more open. Exactly. Because, okay, the people who are against firearms, right? They're not ashamed to tell you that they're against firearms. They're not ashamed to post all the negative things that happen with firearms. The, the less than 1% of negative things that may happen with firearms. They're not ashamed to post it. And they're not ashamed to post it on mass media. Um, and we yet we sit there quietly. We sit there quietly and we watch it and we say, man, you know, if I was in that situation, it would be different. Or it, they'll say something like, um, you know, I wish someone would do something. Why don't someone stand up? Well, if if Americans, like I said before, if Americans own 52 percent of all the firearms in the nation, that means that a lot of Americans own firearms legally. So you should stand up. If we stand up, the masses. The masses of Americans that are 2A proud that stand up for what is right will outnumber the negative people, you know, 100, 200 fold to one. So I think all of us should just stand up, you know, stand up, hashtag stand up for the uh, Second Amendment and, and, and show your firearm. Here's my firearm. I own it legally. And and even if you did that on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, um, and, and, and it starts trending and catching on and catching on. Pretty soon you'll see the millions and millions and millions of people doing it. And and that's what I think we should do. Just stand up for what is right. Drown out all the negativity with 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 the waters of righteousness is what we should do. Oh, that's a good quote there. Uh, another question uh, from Facebook. Have you been on Hank's Strange Show? Someone wants to know. Hank's? Yeah. Uh, which one is that? Um Hey, Hank Strange. Uh, he has uh, a channel on YouTube. Uh, no, I have thousand subscribers. No, I haven't been on that one. I haven't they, been on that. One. I've they, been on the. Uh, um, I've been on Center Mad Podcast. I'm okay. real good friends with those guys. All right, because uh, somebody said that they thought they might have saw you, but they weren't sure. Um, I was on. Uh, I was on Center Mad Pod, Center Mass Podcast uh, with Jason and Ben from Skillset Magazine. Um, I was on there with uh, all those guys. That was strong. Uh, that's probably. Uh, would you like to be on Hank Strange Podcast? Yeah, I would love to be on Hank's broadcast. I, I will hook it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it happen. I would love to do that. Yeah, I, I could definitely. I'm. One hundred percent makes it happen. <laughs> make and Ursula is on there too. Shout out to her. She can't forget about her on Center Mass. <laughs> yeah, can't forget forget about those. So, 
uh, are you getting more? Are you getting your face out there more now than you have in the past? Um, that that's the thing, though. Like me, I I really ain't into getting my face out there. I, I'm more into getting the brand, building the brand. Um, I do the podcast and I do the things like that, and I do the shout outs. But if you if you ever look at my Instagram page, um, down the barrel official or um, anyone that I have associated with it, you rarely ever see a photo of me. I just not want to do the. It, it took me a minute to, you know, think about doing this one because I'm not one to really put my face out there. I, I just don't think I'm. Yeah, camera. but <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. But that's one of the things I like. I like to get behind the scenes stories as well. So I like to mix it up with some influencers and some people in the industry that you don't usually see. To um, yeah, to, uh, to like like I said, we got we have Black Rambo is um really 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 good friend of mine um like a brother um. Liberty Austin from Texas. Uh, she is an ambassador for us. Um, we associate with um, Tactical Carl, who's on Instagram. He's a pretty big name. Shout out to him. Skillset Magazine. Shout out to them. Uh, Center Mad Podcast. Um, just did a custom rifle for uh, Killer Mike, uh, the rapper from Atlanta. Uh, you did Killer Mike? Him. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, just did one from him. He's a really good dude. That's my big brother, man. That's a it's a good dude. He called me this morning. He's he's a really good dude. Yeah, I I, I love Killer Mike, man. <laughs> yeah, man. He he's he's awesome, man. I talked to him. Uh, matter of fact, I talked to him about two hours ago. Uh, awesome guy, man. Um, really, really influential. Really, really. He's Second Amendment. Um, he's he's awesome, dude, man. Shout out to him too. Uh, someone's writing. Uh, have you guys ever considered working with Post Malone? I tried to reach out to Post Malone and um, it never got back with me. Uh, I talked to some people that knew him, but he never got back with me. But that would be an awesome dream, man. You should connect that. We should try to get that going, too. But it'll it'll get there. He'll he'll see me somewhere. He'll see yeah. me somewhere. Apparently, people are saying that he car open carries. Oh, Post Malone is a Second Amendment advocate. By far, if you look at his videos, he shoots, he carries, he's he, he's 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 a Second Amendment guy by far, and I would love to work with Post Malone. Uh, we we're working now with um with Ace from Instagram, Ace Forty Seven. He's a rapper too. I uh, work with him. Um, we're doing some stuff with him. He's supposed to call me here shortly too. Do some stuff with him. Anybody that's on my Instagram that follows me, I pretty much associate with. So you can right. go check. You can see, yeah, just about ninety percent of the people that's on my Instagram, I know them them personally. I right. associate. Uh, you, you didn't grow up uh, well off, um, at all, and mm -hmm. that affects a lot of your business uh, sense. Uh, yes. Can you go into that a little bit? Explain a little bit of that. Okay, so I grew up extremely poor like extremely poor in a uh, predominantly uh black area um most of the people were poor like like me um we lived in a home where we raised our own food and um we didn't have running water and i mean we were extremely poor it's the backwoods of north carolina right outside of 
Fayetteville, a little town called Bun Level. It's called the Boogaloo. That's what we called it, actually, the Boogaloo. Um, and the majority of the people that had finances there were, you know, white white people. And seeing that and coming up in that life, it really in in that area where I'm at now. This is from my personal experience. It put a ne a negative influence on the the white people that you saw because they pretty much controlled the whole area that you were in, and they control like you know the rented the the mobile homes that people stayed in, and they rented you know things to people. And you know if a person couldn't pay their rent because they were poverty stricken, they would be put out, and so they would it put a negative influence on them. And it wasn't until later on in life that you know as i was growing up that i started seeing that not everybody's the same and, and just because someone says something doesn't mean that it's true um but yeah i grew up completely poor in a little town called bone level and it was one of those towns where it, you really don't see a way out you really don't see a way out and i came out of that from job to job, pushing into jobs. And then I joined into the military. I got into firearms. I got out of the military. You still try little things because you carry that mentality with you. It is a poverty stricken mentality that you have in your life because you're raised with it and it's generational. Um, so you learn how to hustle more so as how to build a business. And I kind of integrated the two in together and, and I started seeing uh, more influencers in my life, positive influencers, ministers and pastors and, and people of business and things of that nature. And I and at one point in time with the negative influence that I had in the negative mindset, the poverty mindset was that, oh, I can't reach out to this person. Oh, this person is above me. Oh, um, you know, things of that nature. And I I came out of that. I just said, you know what? I, I started looking at influencers and they was like, hey, you got to go get with it. What's yours? And and my mother was a positive influence in my life. She used to tell me that sometimes you got to take your blessings, which basically means that sometimes you have to go get your blessings. You have to fight for your blessings. You have to go out there and talk to people that you normally wouldn't talk to to try to find the, the connection between them because you're connected to everybody in some form or fashion. You're connected to them. And so I, I started reaching out and using the poverty mindset that I was raised with and learning from it that I, the things that I don't need to do in business. But I also learned how there's three classes of people. You know, you got your middle class, you got poverty tricking your middle class and you're, you're, you're wealthy. And you learn how they spend money and you learn how they they think when they buy things and, and that integrated into my business. And growing up poor actually was a positive in my life because everything happens to you. I mean, everything happens for you and not to you. So everything happens for you to learn from and it doesn't happen to you. So when you see a negative thing in your life, you have to not look at the negative thing, but look at the 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 solution to it and learn from it because maybe you can teach someone else or maybe that can generate some form of um positivity in your life from that and I, that's what i learned from being poor and when i say poor i mean poor poor i mean like you know 
no running water poor, like no bathroom in the home poor, like that type of poor. I came from that. So when people look at me and say, you know, if someone looks at me and says, you know, man, you're doing great. You're doing wonderful. You know, you're uh, a positive influence in my life. I, I, I'm like, I'm more appreciative of them. I'm like, man, thank you. Cause that means a lot coming from where I come from. But also people might look at me and say, oh man, you got it made, but you don't understand where I came from. And if I can come from this and go to where I'm at, then you can come from where you are and go higher and higher and higher and never say the sky's the limit um, because you can go above the clouds and never say that I'm on top of my game because that puts a limit to how high you can go. Always go up higher, higher, higher. Learn about business, learn about things of that nature. And that's what I learned being poor, complete broke poor. Well, you need to be a motivational speaker, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have told me that because everything I tell you is honest. I, I can break down my life to where people are like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Like, okay, for example, we'll go back into my growing up. I grew up where into a house where we had a, a wood heater and the wood heater's name was Bertha. And we used to put wood in it in the morning at five o'clock and get the fire going so we could heat water to bathe with. And when we got a kerosene heater, we thought we were doing big. We was like, oh man, we got a kerosene heater. That's the type of poverty that I can. And a lot of people are in that type of poverty now. A lot of people are still there just, you know, and when we graduated from that to a mobile home in a mobile home park, it was it was a huge deal because now you could go to the thermostat and click the thermostat and the heat was on. Um, a lot of people are still and that was still poverty. But a lot of people are in the mindset of poverty. They're trapped in the mindset and they're comfortable with where they are or they don't believe that they can excel out of where they are. You can excel from anywhere you are, all you need is the right connections, the right people, and and the, the hard work to get there and strive to where you are. When I was 11, um, not to go on too much about this, but when I was 11, my mom went mentally ill. So my mom went mentally ill when I was 11, so I had to take care of my little sister. She was in and out of hospital. She was, um, she was going to school uh, full-time. She was working full-time. And the doctor said that she just overloaded herself and she just couldn't. The, the depression hit her and the stress hit her and she just weird. She had to go in the hospital. So I raised my sister from the time I was 11. And then we went through her having boyfriends that were abusive and things of that nature. And I've been through all of that, you know, and I can't I overcame all of that all the way up until the point I'm at now. Um, so you can do it. You can come from nothing and be something and somebody you already somebody you just have to find your you have to find your calling and your gift find what you're good at find your calling everybody has a gift it looks like all the chats are now broken so i'm not seeing any chats so i missed a bunch of chats out there um but yeah that is that is an incredible and who the hell is calling me Devin, Devin, uh Devin knows Devin is a, another member of the Black Swan Media family. Um, I sponsor his podcast. It's on Friday nights, and he knows I'm live, <laughs> yet he still calls me. So, Devin, if you're listening out there, well, why did you call me? You probably butt-dialed me. But, yeah, uh, 
that I mean that is a very inspirational story. Um, somebody once said that I can't remember who it was that poverty is poverty is your current financial states. Being poor is a state of mind. It's a state of mind, yes. Be, being poor is a state of mind. It is. Um, poverty is just um, pretty much where a lot of people start out at. It's just your starting point. That's all it is. It's your starting point. Um, and 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 poor is what you carry with you wherever you go yeah. in your head. So you can be, you can, you can, you can pop. The poor mindset is what traps you into the poverty pocketbook. You yeah. see what I mean? The poor mindset, not understanding how to spend money. I'm trying to remember who who I was watching, but they're talking about it and how they came up and they were they were in poverty and they talked about how the mindset. What you're talking about? They talked about how like 80 percent of people who are born into poverty will not die in poverty, but they're talking about, but most of those people will die with still the poor mindset. Yeah. Um, where I'm from, it's a little bit more than it. Like most of the people will, they're content in where they are and they'll probably without a, a good influencer, without someone to help them understand that it's a mindset and that you can come out of it. Um, a lot of them will probably be poor when they're old and 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 dead. they'll be poor if they don't if they don't change their mindset. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who said that. But, you know, from where I'm from, if you go back to where I'm from, the majority of them are still where they were 20 years ago or worse. And it's your and it's because you're content in where you are or you may not you know, you may not think that you can get out of it. That's that's the whole idea behind it is they don't think that they can come out of it, but you can. And no one can look at me and say, oh, you don't know what I've been through. Yes, I do. I've, I've more than likely been there. I've, I, I've done numerous things. I've been in you know numerous situations. I've been poor. I've been, you know, I've had wealth and I've been poor and it's, I've probably been where you are. You know, I've been abused and all that stuff. I've been in situations you can't, you know, I'm not saying that I've been in every situation, but you you really like people look at me and say, well, you don't understand what it's like here. Yes, I do. I understand what it's like. I've been there and I overcame it because. If push comes to shove, you can walk away. If you're if you're in a. Like being in a, an abusive situation is a little more difficult. I actually had one of my mother's boyfriends try to poison me. Like I was sick for weeks. Why are you so and they, they they couldn't figure out what it was. And I remember him walking by and said, "Man, you're still here." Like like it didn't even bother him. And and I've been in that situation. I've been where I was beat and laid on I laid on the ground for hours waiting on the the my my the only one was there was my sister and she was smaller than me. And she didn't understand to go get help. She was trying to comfort me. And I just laid on the ground for had to had to basically rehabilitate to learn how to walk and things like that. And it was just I was in that situation. I've been in that situation. Um, 
but I was young, 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, and, and you can, you can reach out and get help. If you're in, if you're in an abusive situation, just reach out to somebody and get help. Um, um, you can, there's numbers you can call. You can, you, when push comes to shove, you can find somebody because truthfully that guy that beat me, he was, he was a punk. He was, he was scary. When my fam, when my cousin found out what happened, the guy was so afraid he ran and we never saw him again. He was just, he just, he just picked on someone who was wicker than him. And, and, and once I got older, the picking on and the, the, the stuff like that stopped because I started standing up for myself. And you'll find that most people that abuse weaker people are weak themselves. It, whether it's mental abuse or physical abuse, they're just weak themselves. They they just want someone to control. Yeah, so I, be strong to get through that. Um, I do a lot of mental health advocacy, uh, and you have to be strong to get through what you got through. So I yeah. getting through that because that's not an easy thing, and that's not a, th- a thing that a lot of people could do. Um, yeah. Go- situation i mean because you could have turned out really bad yeah and that's another thing like people say oh well that guy was abused so that's why he turned out horrible no not me i didn't turn out horrible i was abused i was beat i've been called names i've been in those situations i didn't turn out that way because i looked in my mind is that i never want to treat anyone like that i never want to be that person i want to help people in that situation i want to empower people who are going through that. I want you to stand up. Call me, contact me. My number is on the website. Call me. I will connect you with the right people that can help you in, in certain situations. You know, if you're feeling, you know, a physical abuse or anything like that, and you just need someone to reach out to, there's numbers out there. But I have friends that that can connect you with the right people to help you get out of certain situations. They'll help you in private. They'll help you. So. Yeah, I want to help empower people with that situation. I didn't turn out bad because I chose not to turn out bad. You see what I mean? It's a choice. You doing sick things and hurting people and abusing children and things of that nature, that's your choice. You're just, you, that, j- just because you got abused as a child doesn't mean that you're, you're gonna grow up and abuse people as an adult. That's your choice. You, you're making that sick, decrepit choice. You understand what I'm coming from? They're yeah, making it. And they're using it as a damn excuse. It sounds like you're really into personal responsibility. Yes. Don't use your childhood as an excuse to hurt people. There's plenty of people in other countries that go hungry and get abused and things of that nature. And they grow up to be very influential people. There's people right here in America that get abused and get beat and get, you know, this and that. And they grow up and they become powerful, influential people that that help people in situations. No, that's your choice that you're doing that. And you're using your childhood or you're using something like that as an excuse. You see what I mean? Or a video game. Oh, the video game made them do it. Or oh, this made them do it. No, you did it on your own. That's that's one thing I have to disagree with a lot of people on. Not you. I mean, I agree with you 100%. But uh, when it comes to, like, uh, like mass shootings and stuff, uh, the, the anti-gun people blame the gun. The gun people blame the video games. And 
the person that doesn't get blamed is the actual person that commits the horrible crime. And I'm always like, we shouldn't be blaming this or blaming this medication or blaming this uh, video game or blaming that. Let's blame the person that actually committed the crime, the person that deserves the blame, instead of trying to play. It's like the person that, that hits another person with a car. No one blames the car. They blame the person. They they don't say, oh, the, the car did it. You never hear that. But someone gets shot with a firearm, they blame the firearm. Why why is it the firearm's fault? It's just a tool. Yeah. Um, I think it has a lot to do with people when they see something horrible happen that they can't ever imagine themselves doing it. So they have a hard time imagining someone else being able to do it. And I, as, I think as humans, it's kind of like a trap that we fall into. Yeah, it, it's, 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 I think it's just because of, well, I, I, I really don't know. Cause I don't see it from that, that point of view. So I really don't understand stand how you can see blame like a firearm for a mass shooting because I, I just don't see it from that perspective well, i can't I, I, I look I, at it logically yeah i look at it logically and i don't see it for myself but i, I talk to a lot of people and i, I try to understand where, where where they get their ideas from so instead of like trying to debate them i'll say why do you feel that it's the firearm's fault or why do you feel it's the video game's fault i listen to what they say and it seems i'm doing that that that's a lot of the reasons oh no one could possibly do that out of the evilness in their heart it's like and i'm thinking to myself yeah they can (laughs) yeah um i've had people tell me you know no one needs a a 30 round magazine or they say clip no one needs a 30 round clip and I'm like, well, first of all, um, no one needs a car that runs 160 miles an hour when the speed limit's 55, 65, and sometimes 70, but you buy it anyway. Not because you need it, but because you want it. You know, no one needs a car that runs 150 miles an hour, but you get it anyway. Yeah, you know? I, I think we also get into this thing with need, and no one needs something. No one needs this. No one needs that. Well, most of the stuff we have in life, we don't actually need to begin with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and it's it's my thing to them is no, you don't need. It. I don't. I don't really need it, but I want it. I just want to have it. You know. Um, oh, if we don't have thirty round magazines, you know, this won't happen or that won't happen. Have you seen how fast certain people can reload? You know what I mean. <laughs> have you seen how fast people can reload? A ten round mag can be thirty in in no time. Um, it's it's. I think it's more so ignorance. You people don't understand that that no matter when when you start putting laws on uh, magazine capacity or you start putting things on oh you don't need an AR fifteen or you start putting laws against this, you're you're punishing the law abiding citizens. You're yeah, not you know. punishing the criminals. You're punishing law-abiding citizens. The criminals are still going to get them. They're still going to get ARs. They're still going to get 30-round, 60-round, 100-round magazines. They're still going to get 
So what you're doing is you're taking a law abiding citizen and you're stealing away his 30 and 60 or her 30 and 60 round magazines that they possibly could defend themselves against the criminal who has a 30, 60, 100 round magazine. You see what I mean? So you're making their defenses less against a criminal and you're empowering, you're literally empowering a criminal is what you're doing because they're still going to have the magazine capacity. They're still going to have the AR-15s. They're still going to have the the high volumes of, of illegal firearms. They're still going to have them. You're, you're taking away from people their protection and their rights. And, and that's what you're doing. And you people have to understand that, that you're not you're empowering criminals when you do things like that. When you try to pass ignorant laws that shouldn't be passed that are against the Second Amendment. Yeah, well, especially when there's actual studies like during the uh, Clinton assault weapons ban, where you can actually go to crimeresearch.org. Um, and they have all the studies there where the uh, Clinton Justice Department said uh the assault weapons ban where they ban, you know, you it was illegal to have a magazine more than 30 rounds and most ARs and stuff were illegal. And the Clinton Air Justice Department um, looked into it and said, yeah, it's not making a difference to make a difference. Then under Obama, the CDC looked into it and they said it's not making a difference. But yet uh, they still are pushing this. Like Joe Biden the other day tweeted out, you know, that he wants to ban all so-called assault weapons. But if all the data says that it was ineffective and actually had the op no effect to the opposite effect than what was intended, then why would you go back to trying it again? It's it's about um taking power away from the American citizen, American people. Because because you have to think of something which a lot of people don't like Trump. And, you know, that's OK. If you don't like somebody, that's on you. Um, me, I I have no problems with with him. I have no problems with with anybody. You know what I mean? Um, but businesses, especially minority businesses, have grown with Trump in office when up until the points of Trump getting in office or a little bit before when Obama was coming out, how many how much have you heard of these businesses coming up? It was, it was, it's been so much power given to the people through their business associates and them and them building businesses because your, your president is a businessman. You see what I mean? He's a businessman and businesses are, are growing, especially firearms industries are growing uh, in the, in the Trump administration. So basically if he bans, if, if, if Biden, by some fluke gets in and he bans, starts trying to ban AR-15s and ban uh, so-called assault weapons. Uh, the, your your weapons that you've got legally, whether you, no matter who you are, is pretty much they're going to try to take them. They, they're pretty much going to take your take your weapons that you've got honestly and you've got it according to the law that you've got, you know, lawfully. Um, and and then the the attack is like to my personal opinion is the the attack is on the people the people are the one losing in this because look at the businesses that are being rioted on 
Those are, those are small businesses because the people are getting too much power. The people are getting power. The people are getting empowered. Their businesses are growing. All these democratic cities where everything is getting torn down, those are small businesses. Some of those people have been in business trying to fight to get to this point for 20 and 30 years. And now look at them completely. And, and, destroyed. and those businesses aren't coming back. They won't come back. You know, you, so, you so, so look at the agenda there. Look at that agenda. You take power from the people. Who gets the power? You see what I mean? Who gets the power? Who gets the control? Who gets the authority? Now you're starting to see, you start seeing more people getting back on. You'll start seeing more people get back on unemployment, more people getting back on food stamps, more people because the unemployment rate was down. They don't like that. You see what I mean? People on, you know, government assistance was down. People were actually going out, starting their own business. People were going out. They were working jobs because they figured they could make more money. Things of that nature. Um, and now look at the situation. One one gear wrench, one wrench thrown into the gears created mass hysteria. And now look at the people that are out of jobs and the small businesses that have been destroyed. Yeah, it's, it's almost... And, and, the if they do, yeah. If they do a bailout, guess who's gonna get the bailout? Not, not you and me. <laughs> exactly. Guess who's gonna get the bailout? And another thing, if me and you needed the help, what would we do? We would have to get a loan. Oh, the government's gonna give you a loan, or the bank's gonna give you a loan. So now you're going back into the loan system and becoming into the slave mentality, and you're becoming a slave to payments again. And yeah. and the big, the big businesses are going to get the bailouts. You know, they, oh, the government's going to fund them. They're going to get bailout grants. They're going to get this. And a lot of them pay the bailouts back. But, I mean, these, these businesses don't really need the help. You know, it's the small businesses that are getting destroyed. It's the power that's being uh, ripped from the people. And yeah. we as Second Amendment advocates are just standing there and standing back and watching it. We're watching yeah. our nation get destroyed. By people who don't even give a damn about it. Yeah, here's something that I found interesting. Um, I po I posted that Kamala um, Harris is uh, is anti gun, and Facebook fact checked me and marked it as false. Hmm. And her and her not anti gun. I was just like, oh. <laughs> Like, any 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 anyone that wants to take away your firearms wants to take away your freedom. Anyone that wants to take away, excuse me, your firearms wants to take away your protection. Um, they it's 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 like they're trying to they're disarm. If you did in in order for you to take over someone, right? In order for you, let's say I come into your home, right? I'm not gonna come into your home threatening if I know you have protection. So what I would do is I would go in and I would figure a way to take your protection away from you and leave you with the less lethal thing that I can. And then I can come in and take control over your whole ordeal. You see what I mean? I can come in and take control of your home, anyone and take control of your freedoms. Anyone that wants to take away your firearms wants to take away your freedom, period, point blank. If they want to oppose anything that has to do with the Constitution and the amendments, if, anything that has to do with that what this country was baseline upon, um, then they want they, they want complete control. Well, I think a lot of it is they're trying to change the narrative 
by saying, um, yeah, basically, I, I think we should strive to reach the the promise of the United States, you know, of all men created equal or all people created equal. You know, we should try to reach for that promise um, and say that's a promise that that we need to reach reach towards. But it seems like a lot of them are telling the people, oh, don't try to reach for that. That's a lie. They never meant that. But see, you have to understand the wording. If you listen to the wording of what you just said now, a lot of people might agree. A lot of people might disagree with me. But I'm going to tell you from my personal opinion what I feel. All men are created equal. You are created equal in the womb. Not all men are born equal. As far as financial status comes and as far as living in poverty or or middle class or upper class, not all men are born equal, but we are created equal. And what that what that means is this, that if you're if everyone is created equal, even though we come out with different struggles, we're all still born of the same the same way of the same creation. You see what I mean? Of the same creator. Yeah, I, I think I think well, you and I both agree on that, one hundred percent. But they're trying to change that, uh, and they're trying to say, "Hey, it's 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 a it's a lie," you know. You you can never reach a goal that someone else can reach because the system um, won't let you reach that goal. Where they where they try to say you know you don't have you have zero percent chance of reaching a goal. I understand what you're saying, and and, and why you need to tear down the system. Well, we the United States. I I agree with that, and I disagree with it. Like I agree that it's a struggle for some people to reach certain goals, yeah. but I do not agree that you can't reach certain goals because yeah. there are people that have come from come out of prison and are in in political, you know, are, are moved up in a positive way in, in the political society or whatever, or business people or whatever. They've came out of prisons. They've came out of poverty. They've came out of bad situations and created good situations because the purple person chose to go in that positive area. They go in that positive situation. Um, I think that everybody has different struggles and some people's struggles are harder. But yeah, no I, struggle I cannot, you know, there, there's not a struggle that you can't overcome. Yeah, but you I, can think, struggles. I think there's certain people that want to push the narrative that there are, that, that there are struggles that you can't overcome. And you're locked into where you are and you cannot move. And most of those people that are pushing that narrative are wealthy. Yeah, exactly. You, the people that are pushing that narrative are they're like, oh, you know, the the poor people and the poor mindset and this and that and other, and you're sitting on 50 million, 60 million, you know, 20 million, whatever it may be. And 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 you're you're by saying things like that, you can't come out of this, you can't come out of that. You're you're installing that into people's minds. So why are you sitting there telling a person, oh, it's hard because of the system? For you to become successful like I am, but I came from the same area that you are in now. Like, really listen to how stupid that sounds. You know, 
I didn't say it made sense. I just said that's that's what they push a lot of times. You know, it's one thing when you hear a person that's in the situation say it's hard for me to get out of this situation, that the system is holding me yeah. down. And you look at that person and, and you see where they're at. It's another thing when you see a person that's sitting up here saying, oh, that guy there has no chance of being where I came from. But I was his next door neighbor. Man, get, get the hell out of here with that. You know, right. you're, you're trying to install that in people's heads and you're installing hate. You should be installing positivity, uh, inspiring people to come out, yet educating them on the way to come out of it. Yes, you can educate people on the system is hard or you can educate people on, you know, yeah, it's hard to come out of poverty because there are certain limits in your certain walls in your way. You can educate people on that, but then to empower them to come out, show them how to do it here. Take my hand. Let me let me show you how to come out of this situation. Let me show you what I've done to be to distance myself from that poverty instead of me sitting up here and steady installing hate in you and saying you can't do it because the this person won't let you or that person won't let you or this uh, this creed of person or whatever won't let you, you know, come out of that situation, you know, instead of me empowering you. I, th I think it's to also to put, uh, put people against each other. And see, that's about control. It's a it's pride. It's pride in a person. When when a person says that you can't get to the situation that I'm in, that means that they they think highly of themselves. They 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 it's it it's it's their pride that says that you can't get to where they met. Because I can reach any level, any goal of anybody that you want to. You just got to know how to do it and have the connections to do it. You can reach any limit. You just oh, yeah. have to have the right connections and meet the right people and have the right uh, determination to get there. Because if you can do it, I can do it. That's awesome. Well, we've been on for a little bit over an hour. Uh, I gotta have you back on. This was an awesome conversation. I didn't even get to all the questions. I, I totally ignored everyone's questions. So sorry. <laughs> I just uh, enjoyed the conversation so much. I gotta have you back on. Maybe you can answer some of the other questions uh, in the future. But um. I'm, I'm definitely going to hook you up with Hank and some other people because uh, I, your message is of positivity. And I think it's a message that we need to hear. But uh, I just want to say, if you guys want to um, support me and my niece, Bella, you can do that through my Patreon at patreon.com slash John Crump. You can do a one-time donation at paypal.me slash John CC. Super chats are open. There is a GoFundMe at crumpy.com. GFM. You can buy my book at crumpy.com slash giants. Matthew, come here to say goodbye. And then I'm going to give a baby boy. Dennis Moose. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get like Princess Peach to go to a castle. I tried okay. wanting my right, right, that right. one. Right. <laughs> He's in the Mario. Uh, you can also join gun owners at gunowners.org slash black dash swan media. And I'm going to give you the last word, Davy Boy Jump, Davy Boy Bones. Uh, tell, tell everyone how they can find you. I'll throw your website up on the screen. And it's also in the comments. Uh, tell everyone how they can find you, follow you on Instagram, and any uh, other message you want to get out there. 
downthebarrelofficial.com is our website uh down the barrel official on instagram and facebook uh check us out uh you go to my website you call me my my number is on there my my phone will ring when you call it you can talk to me we do custom work we do sales we uh, work rambo shout out to black rambo and just remember that um everything in life happens for you and not to you remain positive and and learn from every situation that you're in and you can get to the top thank you guys thank you for having me and one other thing i will not be on tomorrow tomorrow is my wife's birthday so we're gonna go out but i will be back on thursday and i will see you guys later and we are out